Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a copy of God's Word with you this morning, we are going to be in John's Gospel, John chapter 20 this morning. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody you didn't know and they brought good news. It was a good conversation and they, they were encouraging you. They were um, trying to, to lift you up in what you had done, what you had said, but it just didn't have much weight to it because you did not have a relationship with them. Or maybe you had a conversation or multiple conversations and in those conversations, uh, somebody was scolding you a little bit but you didn't have a relationship with them. And because there was no relationship, there was a wall that immediately went up. The first syllable that was negative. A few years ago, um, we had somebody come in and um, share with uh, the staff, share with the lead team, and also you, ultimately you as a church body, just where we were. And in searching for someone, I stated this. I would rather somebody that I know tell me how terrible I am because I know that they love me and the relationship that I have with them than a total stranger. If that person would do it, the person that I know, I would rather they tell me because of the relationship that is there. This morning, I want us to look in John's Gospel, in John chapter 20, and I want us to see some conversations. There are three conversations that we are going to look at very quickly, but we're going to look at these three conversations, and they are conversations amongst believers. We've been talking about who's your one. Who, who's your one, as in who's the conversation that you know you need to start, you need to have, dealing with those that are non-believers, but also there are some conversations that you and I might need to start, that you and I might need to have dealing with believers. And so I want us to, uh, to look at John's Gospel. We're going to see three conversations. One that Jesus has with a woman named Mary. One that Jesus has with His disciples. And one that Jesus has in the middle of that time with the disciples, with one disciple in particular, Thomas. John chapter 20 verse 11 shows us this first conversation. And here is God's Word. John chapter 20 verse 11 and following, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels. Two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, 
Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which is teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that He had said these things to her. Heavenly Father, I come this morning and I ask that as we spend these moments in your word, you would speak. Father, you would speak in such a way that we understand you are speaking to us. We understand that you are speaking in a conversation. And God, that you would lay on our hearts those conversations that you desire us to have today. You desire us to have this week. Father, conversations of men and women, boys and girls that we have written down a name of that are far from You, but also conversations of brothers and sisters in Christ who know You that we definitely need to speak to even this week. God, as we see these truths, would You speak to our hearts? I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. This first conversation happened on Sunday morning. It happened on the first day. It was as the sun was rising and Mary was going to the tomb. She went to the tomb. The stone was rolled away. And as she got close to the tomb, she saw the stone away and she stooped in to look. And there were two angels. Now just stop for a second. Think about that. Two angels are talking to you. She could care less, right? The conversation that goes on, she does not care who it is in front of them, in front of her. She does not know them. They are speaking to her. They're wanting to converse back and forth with her, and she is not having anything of it. She is on a mission, and that mission is to find where her Lord is. So the first truth about the conversation is this, that relationships matter. In the introduction, I told you how you and I might receive great news and how you and I might receive some some hard news. And the difference of that is who gives those things. How great it is if you respect them, if you know them, if you desire to be close to them, you have a relationship with them, that encouragement, those words of affirmation mean so much more than if it comes from somebody who you don't know, that you don't care about, and vice versa, the hard words that are given. And in this instant, there are two angels in front of Mary. Any other moment, any other day, Mary would be ecstatic to see two angels. Don't you think that? I mean, 
If there was any other situation that she might have seen these two individuals, these two angels, she might have just stopped everything. But not here. She doesn't know them. And the conversation is a very quick one. The conversation is cut off. All she desires to see, all she desires and all that she wants is to know where Jesus is. But it's not just the angels, is it? She hears somebody behind her. She hears something behind her and she turns and she sees somebody. She cannot tell who it is. She must be crying. She must have tears in her eyes. The, the vision is blurry and she is listening to this guy's voice. And in both instances, with the angels and first with Jesus, how do they address her? There in verse 13, woman. There in verse 15, woman. And when that term is used, it's not a negative term, but it's not a personal term either. It's a generic term. It's a generic, hey, you are a lady, you are a woman, and that's how I'm going to address you. But relationships matter. Because there in verse number 16, Jesus changed how he addressed her from a very generic to a very specific way. Jesus said to her in verse 16, Mary. And immediately she turned and said to him in Aramaic, in the dialect that she was most familiar with, the dialect that she spoke on a daily basis, she turned and said to him, Teacher! And she addressed him just as personal as he addressed her, and the conversation changed. Relationships matter. Relationships matter with conversations of encouragement. Relationships matter with conversations that you need to share some tough news with. And this week, you're going to have some conversations. You're going to have some conversations at the workplace because some folks around you are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And maybe they are peers and they're on an equal status as you are. Maybe they are under you and the conversation needs to be had. Maybe they are over you and they've got some words for you, sir, ma'am, get ready. But a relationship matters. And how you and I converse with one another because of relationships or lack thereof helps to bring about the goal of the conversation. Relationships matter in a conversation with Mary. Relationships matter in a conversation with the disciples. I don't know if these verses will be on the screen, but verse number 19, Jesus appears to the disciples later that day. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors are being, were being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands. He showed them his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. 
Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. The conversation that takes place there in that upper room is is given all because of a relationship. The relationship that the teacher had with the disciple, the, the Lord and Savior had with His sons. Do you see the components of this conversation? The components of this conversation is, hey, I'm speaking peace to you because you're scared to death of the Jews. How did Jesus get inside the, the room? I mean, the doors are locked. The windows are locked. The other Gospels state that the windows and the doors are locked and they are scared to death that the Jews are going to do the same thing that they did to Jesus. Pause for a second. Go back two verses. Back to verse 17. It's early in the morning. Mary Magdalene has seen Jesus. Mary Magdalene is given orders by Jesus. Hey, go tell my brothers that this has happened. And she did just that. Verse 18 states, um, they're scared to death. They're locked in the room. They don't want anybody in the town of Jerusalem to know where they are. And in the midst of that fear, Jesus stands in the middle of the room and says, hey guys, peace be to you. Hey, it's me. Here, here, here's my hands where they nailed me. Here's my side where they stuck the spear. It's, it's me. I'm Jesus. And as I have been sent by the Father, so I am sending you. Because there was a relationship for three and a half years between Jesus and the disciples. He has this conversation with them and He speaks peace over them. He speaks peace over them for a couple of reasons. He speaks peace over them because He showed up in a locked room. And He speaks peace over them because of the job, the task, the mission that He was sending them out to do. So he says, peace be to you or peace be with you twice for those particular reasons. And it's all because of the relationship that he had with them. But we also see a second truth in these conversations. And I don't need for us to overlook them. Go back to the first conversation that Jesus had with Mary and we see this kind of playing out. The mission at hand is to be accomplished no matter what. The mission at hand, we see a second truth of these conversations, the mission at hand is going to come about no matter what. Do you see what he says to her? He says, hey, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me because I haven't gone to the Father yet. I'm going to go to the Father, and here's what I need you to do. I need you to be on a mission, and the mission is this. You go tell my brothers that I'm alive, 
You go tell my brothers that I'm about to ascend to go to my father and their father. And so go do that. The mission at hand is to be accomplished. I don't know if you've ever thought of what he said to her as being something hard to understand. But that is one of the most debated passages of Scripture in all of the New Testament. And it's because what he says to Thomas ten verses later. Ten verses later on the same day that he spoke to Mary, don't cling to me because I'm going to the Father, he speaks to Thomas, hey Thomas, here are my hands, here's my side, place your finger in the place where the nails were and place your hand in my side. Mary, don't cling to me. Don't touch me. Thomas, hey, come on, right up here. You you can touch. You, You can put your hand here. So this whole week, and even before it, I've been thinking about what is he trying to say? And, and I believe what he's trying to say in both instances is this. To Mary and to Thomas, to the disciples, to you and me, no matter what, the mission is going to advance. You have a job to do. So be about the job. Don't hold on to me and say you just want to be around me and and not be about the task or be about the mission. Because the mission is going to advance, River Bend. Brian, the mission that God has called you to and sent you out for is going to advance. Disciples, peace be with you. And you need to understand that there is peace because of the world that I'm sending you into. I'm first calling you, commanding you, commissioning you by these words, peace be with you. Thomas, you're doubting. Don't doubt anymore. Here are those hands that have nail prints in them. Here is the side that has a spear mark in it. Come and see that. Touch that. If that's what you need, come. I don't know what the conversation component is that he is saying to you. Maybe there is fear, and you and I don't want to start those conversations. Maybe there's some reluctancy that is given, and you just need to be spoken to. Peace be with you. Maybe it's, hey, I just want to have all those warm fuzzies again, like Mary, and I'm just, I'm just going to hold on to you, Lord, and I don't want to be out of your presence. No, Mary, you, you can't do that. As the Father sent me on a mission, I'm going to send you on a mission. Go tell my brothers that I'm alive and all these things that are happening. Hey, disciples, As God sent me here for this mission, I'm sending you out on a mission as well. Hey Thomas, you're doubting? Don't doubt. Here's proof. Now get about the task. Whatever the component is needed in the conversation to get you and me about the task, it is given. And as it is given... Those that hear that conversation 
get on with the task. So as you hear it, when you're spending time with Him in the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings, before you go to sleep at night, as you hear the task, remember being, get about the task. Relationships matter. Not only do we see that relationships matter, but a second truth is that the task is going to be accomplished no matter what. But in the midst of all three of these conversations, you and I need to see a final truth this morning. A truth that I believe we overlook. A truth that I believe that uh, we desperately need. Especially when there is conflict. The third truth that we see about conversations is this, that Jesus brings hope when all you see is defeat and despair. Jesus brings hope when all you see is defeat and despair. Three conversations. Conversation number one, Jesus had with Mary outside the tomb and She's just wanting to know where they have laid the body of her Lord. And He speaks to her. Before He spoke her name, there was all kinds of despair. Before He spoke her name, there was defeat. The worst day had happened two days prior. Two days prior. And she, along with all the disciples along with all those who believed in His name, who believed that He was the Savior of the world, they were waking up saying, this is a dream. And then somebody would say, man, Friday happened. Jesus is dead. Friday happened. The guy that we thought was the Savior of the world was killed. And then He spoke her name. And in the midst of defeat and despair with her, just hearing her name spoken by Jesus changed everything. The disciples are scared to death that the Jews are going to do the exact same thing that they did to Jesus to them. Government is coming down. Persecution is happening in Jerusalem. They're going to kill us. Doors are locked, scared to death, knees are shaking, teeth are chattering. I, I just want to go fishing. Peter, James, and John just want to go back to the boats in Galilee with their father and to their business. And Jesus shows up and says, Peace be with you. Some of you have found yourself in situations like that. Every direction that you look, defeat. No hope. Despair. The circumstances all around the situation and the life that you find yourself in there's no way out. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, peace. 
And all those winds that were raging, stop. And all those waves that were taking you up and down and making all kinds of sickness go inside of you and outside of you, cease. And the fear that you have to speak to that coworker, the fear that you have to speak to that family member, the first time or again, says, you know what? There's hope. Not because of you, but because of Him who is with you. Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, verse 24 states, was not with them when Jesus came. Let's pause for just a second. Y'all want to hear a joke? It's about me, so y'all can laugh. Um, there was one time that uh, I stood and preached this, uh, and and I said something like this. It, it's been since I have slept, so uh, but I did say something like this. Hey, you need to you need to make sure that you attend on Sunday nights, church, because you don't want to miss Jesus, do you? Just to let you know, we don't have church services on Sunday night now. So I can't use that applicational point with River Bend. But for a whole week, let's just put ourselves with Thomas. And because we love him, let's just put ourselves with the disciples. Can you imagine the heckling that Thomas took for a week? For a week from the other 11, the other 10. Hey, Thomas, you weren't there. Jesus showed up. I don't believe him. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. The only way that I will believe it that Jesus showed up is if I put my finger in his nail prints. If I put my hand in his side, then I will believe. For a week. Thomas, you missed it. I mean, he just showed up in the middle of the room. The room was locked. The, 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 the windows were locked. The doors were locked. And he just showed up and said, hey, guys, peace be with you. I don't believe it. Oh, the heckling. If I would have been in that room that I would have gave, that I would have given Thomas for a week. And then Jesus shows up in front of Thomas and says, Hey, Thomas, here are my hands. Here's my side. Put your finger in my hands. Put your hand in my side and look there at the end of the chapter. When Jesus said that to him, verse 28, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. When Jesus showed up, Thomas didn't have to put his fingers anywhere or his hands anywhere. He knew who he was. You know, this week, a um, number of things have happened, and uh, we'll talk about some of those in just a moment, but A song has been um, just going around in my head and across the speakers that I've been around. And um, the song is This Blood. Um, and I'm not going to sing it, even though I want to. But I want to read you a couple of lines from the song. And I read you a couple of these lines 
for this reason and this reason only. You are on a mission. You've been sent on a mission. And one of the reasons that you need to understand the mission that you're on is because of the relationship that you have with the one who sent you on the mission. And a part of the mission that he has sent you and he is sending me on deals with some of these lines. So here are the lyrics to the song. So I come, I come to tell you that he's alive. To tell you that he dries every tear that falls. So I come to tell you that he saves. To shout and to proclaim that he's coming back for you. This life, this price, this blood, this one. Oh, there is a blood. It gives sight to the blind. It heals the sick. The lonely finds, oh, it has the power to free the bound as chains they fall upon the ground. So I come to tell you that He's alive. To tell you that He dries every tear that falls. So I come to tell you that He saves. To shout and to proclaim that He's coming back for you. He has sent every single one of us, those who have bowed the knee, those that have confessed with our mouths that He is Savior, that He is Lord. He has sent every single one of us on a mission to start those conversations. Because He's coming back. I don't know when He's coming back, but I do know this. It's a day sooner than it was yesterday. It's a week sooner than it was last Sunday. And He has got you on a mission and He's got me on a mission. And may you and I be found faithful. And may we be found about the mission these days. Heavenly Father, we come. Father, we stand in victory because of what You did, Jesus. Father, we we have been given a spirit, not of fear and timidity, but Father, we have been given Your Spirit, a spirit of power, a spirit of of assurance and hope. You live in us. Father, because of the relationship that we have with You, through Your Son, Jesus Christ, You call us sons and daughters, heirs. Thank You. Father, may the conversations that we need to have, that I need to have, this week, Father, may they come about and may I be spiritually attentive to those moments. May they not pass by without me 
starting those conversations. May they not pass by without us starting those conversations. Conversations with brothers and sisters, encouraging them. Conversations bringing them to to task because of what we're called to. Spiritual conversations, Father. Because You're coming back for us. Father, would You... uh, Even now, would you speak to our hearts about conversations? The conversation that you desire to have with us. Conversations that we need to have with those around us. Thank you for the relationships. Thank you that you give hope even in the midst of despair. God, we love You. We love You. Thank You for first loving us. I ask it in Your Son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. The invitation is for us this morning. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's for us to respond back to Him. Alex and the team are going to lead us. You stand and join us. And you respond back to Him whatever He's calling us to do. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.